From hook and bullet to policy and science, we're here to discuss and dissect all matters of importance to Montana's rugged landscape and the people and wildlife that call it home. This is Montana Untamed. The Greater Yellowstone Coalition recently announced it had raised six and a quarter million dollars to buy out Crevice Mining Group's 1,368 acres, claims, and water rights just north of Yellowstone National Park's border. Crevice came onto the scene in 2015 when it proposed mining on a mountainside above Gardner. The proposal led to more than 400 local businesses and groups fighting to protect the area. The opposition was also focused on a proposal to mine just outside of Chico Hot Springs in Emigrant Gulch. This eventually led to the Yellowstone Gateway Protection Act, Act signed into law in 2019, removing 30,000 acres of public lands from mining in the region. However, Crevice was not halted by the act since it already owned private claims. The GYC decided the best solution to halt any mining was to buy the Crevice owners out. Brett French, outdoor editor at the Billings Gazette newspaper, recently reported on the buyout. Brett, please describe for our listeners um, where the Crevice mine was actually proposed. Yeah, Tom, it was proposed just outside of Gardner, and folks that are familiar with the area, it's a really steep climb up out of Gardner going towards the old mining town of Jardine, up uh, Bear Gulch there. And after you get to Jardine, you cross the creek and go up on the side hill, and it climbs about 3,000 feet up, up onto the mountainsides there. So you're up looking out across the Gardner Basin towards the... Gallatin National Forest and the Gallatin Range. Uh, down below, you can see the Yellowstone River where it exits the Black Canyon of the Yellowstone. And uh, it's right on the park border. I mean, just really close to that north border where uh, elk are well known to migrate out of the area. Um, there's also been uh, the uh, camera, sh- uh, the what do you call the cameras that uh, camera traps? Place like a yeah, like a camera trap that have shown grizzly bears, cougars, um, foxes using that that same area as a, a migration quarter down into the towards the Paradise Valley and the Gardner Basin. So, very heavily used by wildlife. Very heavily used by wildlife and just a gorgeous area. Uh, there's roads all over. Uh, there's some Forest Service trailheads up there. Uh, if you get a chance to drive up and, and just to go up and look at the view, even if you don't hike back into the nearby Absorca Beartooth Wilderness, it's just an awesome view. Okay, so and, and as noted in the intro, this wasn't the only mining proposed in the region. Um, tell us what was going on uh, near Chico. Yeah, back in uh, 2015 when Crevice was first proposed, it was also when there was a mine being proposed just outside of Chico in Immigrant Gulch. And that really uh, forced the locals into uh, kind of coalesce in opposition to these two claims so close to 
the Yellowstone River and Yellowstone National Park and Wildlands, the uh, Absarca Beartooth Wilderness. And so about 400 uh, local businesses and groups joined together to uh, launch a campaign against the two mines. Uh, their tagline was Yellowstone more value, is more valuable than gold. And it was successful. The uh, Trump administration signed the uh, Yellowstone Gateway Protection Act, which set aside 30,000 acres of public land in the area, uh, excluding mining from those. But uh, as mentioned in the intro there, Crevice had already bought private claims, so it did not halt Crevice from proceeding with its mining in that area. So... Right. Okay. So the Yellowstone Gateway Protection Act only protected public lands from mining activity. And what you're saying is that Crevice owned their claims on private land, meaning they were not restricted by the act, correct? Correct. And this all goes back to the Mining Act of the 1800s, where you stake a a claim and... uh, to the minerals and under the small mining exclusion, it could have been mined even without uh, uh, a larger operation. So that it's still kind of archaic in that sense. Okay, so <clears throat> I've got a couple of questions, I guess, here. Can you give listeners insight into how uh, not only the Greater Yellowstone Coalition pulled off this um, pricey purchase, but also how they may have changed the mind of this uh, mining company um, to actually give up the rights. I mean, it kind of sounds like a David and Goliath story to me. Make sense of it for us. Yeah, it was pretty interesting when they first started talking to the mine owners, the Greater Yellowstone Coalition was quoted a price of $115 million to buy out the operation. But as time wore on and they kept uh, returning to the table, the price dropped. They got they had to hire uh, mining experts and lawyers to review the information that Crevice had to try and come up with a uh, reasonable amount for the property. Uh, not like buying a house where you can do the comparables for what other um, houses have sold in your neighborhood. You know, this is kind of speculative on what they might find and uh, how much they can extract, you know, and what it's worth. So a very difficult process. And I guess many times Crevice walked away from the table and said, no, thanks, we're we're done, you know, we're done talking. But they were able to pull them back and reel them in. I guess Joe Joe Josephson, who's uh, well-known in not only the Greater Yellowstone Coalition for his work, but also as a, <clears throat> excuse me, a climber, uh, noted climber in this area, uh, supposedly did a great job of negotiating with uh, Crevice and got him down to $6.25 million. And at that point, uh, the, the Greater Yellowstone Coalition had to go out and try and raise that money. So uh, at that point, they went obviously to the large donors first, um, the Candida Foundation, which was uh, in, has a Livingston branch, uh, stepped up with the first donation of $1.5 million, and that kind of opened the faucets to some of these other larger organizations to contribute. And then last spring, they made the fundraising public, 
and asked uh, anybody to contribute, and they still had about half ways to go, so over three million to raise. And apparently, about thirteen hundred people stepped up. Some people gave more than uh, three, four, or five times. Uh, included contributors from outside the United States, from Europe and elsewhere, because you know Yellowstone is such a uh, internationally known resource. Boy, so six point two five million is quite a steal when you're talking about the the initial valuation at over a hundred million. Um, I guess I'm curious, did Crevice ever do any exploratory mining or anything? Is there, had they ever broke ground up there and figured out what was actually under there? Yeah, apparently they had some proprietary drilling that they had done up there to assess the source. And, you know, historically that area had been mined for gold. The Jardine mine was just over the hill. Uh, there's all kinds of old mine openings if you walk around up there. So it's well known as a, a gold resource, but apparently uh, in that type of rock anyway, that geology, uh, what they're looking for is a, a main vein rather than a uh, crushing and, and removing you know small parts like they do over in say the Pegasus mine near Helena and or the Golden Sunlight mine near Helena, uh, White Whitehall. So they were looking for the big resource to pay off over there. Right. Okay, so what will happen to this property now that it's in the hands of the Greater Yellowstone Coalition? Yeah, so as you know, the wheels of bureaucracy turn slowly. So the Forest Service uh, would like to acquire it. They have to wait for to go through funding channels, the Land and Water Conservation Fund could help pay for it, uh, but it could take a couple of years. So the GYC is going to hold on to the property with the hope that uh, that can they can raise the money to seal the deal, and uh, then it would be turned over to Forest Service and become public lands. They have no plans right now to restrict any access up on the mountain. And when you go up there, it's kind of hard to tell even where the mining claims are because most of it's not signed, you know. If you can look on a map and you see these really jumbled-looking outlines of where the different claims were, uh, it's really a jigsaw puzzle of, of claims up in that area. But um, there's still public access even outside of where the mining claims were into some really cool regions like you can drop down into that hell roaring area from up there in uh, Yellowstone National Park in the Absarica Beartooth Wilderness from that area. Cool. So the idea is that one day it'll all just be green uh, with the rest of the national forest in the area. Right. And that's, you know, important because of that migratory corridor. And, you know, a lot of animals come through there in the winter as they move down to lower elevations. Um, and as that, uh, um, you know, more and more forces press on the outside of the greater Yellowstone area for development, uh, it's essential to have these areas protected on the edges to, you know, preserve this uh, buffer zone for wildlife and habitat. As you know, the places like Big Sky keep expanding. Uh, 
suburban areas outside of Bozeman keep pushing into what were once, you know, these pretty rural areas. And so it's really concentrating the wildlife and resulting in more, well, grizzly bear and black bear problems, you know, or, or one of the things that arise, deer come down and eat people's shrubs and stuff. So you have that whole wildlife urban interface. Right, right. All right, Brett. Well, hey, thanks for coming on and giving us the down low on uh, this uh, couple of mining proposals in the Yellowstone area and uh, their outcomes. Yeah, good news for Yellowstone and people who love the park. And obviously with 3 million, 4 million people visiting every year, it's obviously someplace on a lot of people's radar. Yep, that is for sure. Montana Untamed is a podcast from the newsrooms of Lee Enterprises' Montana newspapers. Visit any of our websites or subscribe wherever podcasts are found. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.